Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Lacking, I just add more chilli. It's... Uh... I think it's the, it's the saving grace of all cooking, really. Uh, if you're using chili, just add more. And, uh, uh, and it saves any meal. And uh, so, yeah, fantastic. Cheryl cooked this. Uh, amazing. Cheryl's an amazing cook, by the way. Um, uh, I, I sort of cook meals and I experiment a lot with meals. And 90% of the time, I, it, it's slightly off. And the 10%, I, I get it right. But Cheryl just gets it right every time. Uh, but she, um, she cooked a pasta the other day, which was right according to the recipe, but it wasn't great, was it? It, was, it wasn't great. It was a, what was the seed that we, we, you were shy? Chai. Chai seed, which is these tiny little seeds. And I bought them because I'd seen them and thought, oh, I do this. I walk around the supermarket and I do most of the shopping generally because I like to do it. I do most of the shopping for one reason, right? I'm cheap compared to Cheryl. <laughs> And, uh, but every so often I see something that's slightly different, particularly if it involves baking. Or I love baking bread, and uh, uh, so if it involves something, I saw these chai seeds. I thought, no idea what they are or even what they're for, but I think they might go well on a bread roll. So, so I bought some, and then Cheryl took a hold of them and discovered that you can make up like a pasta sauce with them and soak, and, and she soaked them in and, and made this pasta sauce. And, and um, it, it really was like baby food. Um, bland, tasteless, slimy, uh, and uh, and and so we so we had, but it, she'd cooked them. It's going to be disgusting. And so Cheryl, you've cooked it. We're eating it. And uh, so she cooked it. She we ate it nonetheless. Uh, but then she we the, that which was left over was not thrown away because <laughs> we don't like wastage. And uh, we, she put it, but she redeemed it the next day by putting chili and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. I think Jesus just comes in. He is the chili in our life. Amen. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Do you know, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, um, speak to me um, a, a word of encouragement, um, un- an unusual word of encouragement during worship. And um, I've really been praying over the church about... The, the season, uh, the seasons that we're going through, the extraordinary season of life and faith, uh, the expectancy of what God is doing in the house. And, and I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that he is breaking the spirit of Sambala and Tobiah. And I really believe that. that is, and before we get into this morning's message on, on Pentecost, um, I, I, I just really believe, I just want to speak this word, that Sambala and Tobiah, Sambala and Tobiah were, were, were two men who had power and influence over the Jewish people, and they had the ability to undermine and destroy the work that was being done. And what I have discovered is that when good people rise to build, there are other people arising with a language of destruction behind their backs, kicking the bricks over that are freshly being laid. 
And Cheryl and I have discovered over the years there have been many Sambala and Tobias as we've worked hard, as many of you have worked hard, in the background of our lives there are people kicking the bricks over with a, with a language which destroys the house. And, and, uh, this, and it says here, but it so happened in, this is Nehemiah 4, don't, don't worry about putting on the wall, but it so happened when Sambala heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Now verse Three. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, whatever they build, even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Now here he is, here's, here's the thing about T- Tobiah, that, um, the, how the enemy works, right? He will, spot, he will spot a weakness and he will maximize that weakness and speak a lie. Right? So he was speaking. The Holy Spirit does not maximize or expose weakness. He prophesies and speaks over a strength. Yeah. Right? So you always know when Tobiah is speaking because Tobiah will always magnify the weakness and, ex- and, 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 and confess the worst. But when the Holy Spirit is speaking, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to build a wall. Tobiah is saying the foxes can climb over it. And do you know what? The foxes could climb over it. But to say the foxes could climb over it is to undermine the work that's being built. It's to destroy the hope of the people. And it says here, um, it says here, now it happened in verse 7, it happened when Sambalat Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites, heard that the wall of Jerusalem was being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, there's always a nevertheless. We made our prayer to God and because of them we set a watch against them day and night. I really believe the Holy Spirit is speaking over and there is a watch that has been established over this house against the Sambala and Tobiah. The, the voices of those who come to kick down the stones that have already been laid have been broken in Jesus' name. And there is a watch over this house, a spirit of righteousness that's declaring that this house is being built, is growing, is becoming strong. And I really believe that the Spirit of God wants you to understand that that which has been, that has, which has been desiring to diminish the hearts and the, the will of the people, that voice is broken in Jesus' name. Amen? And we're going to see a mighty move of God's spirit in this church again. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning I I want to um, speak to you a message called much more. Everybody say much more. And I want to start from Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. This is an unusual place to preach from for the the scripture of uh, Pentecost. But you'll see why when I get there. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore... Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would dare to die. 
But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, I want you to see this morning that we need to understand that when you give your life to Christ, you enter into an eternal promise of an abundant life. You enter into a relationship of abundance of supreme being, of supreme living, of an incredible covenant promise that is way above anything you could see or understand. See, I believe for the church, for the most part, has undersold the gospel. It has on many times explained away the miraculous. It has diminished the hope For the things which we could be believing God for. It's lowered expectation for abundance. And it shut the door on the supernatural. And it's done so because what it's failed to understand. Is that when you give your life to Jesus Christ. the The principle of being born again. Is not a one stop shop. Where you get everything you need when you get born again and you go from there. (coughs) We see in Romans chapter 5 there are two steps. And it's really important you understand the two step process of salvation. Really, really important you get this. When you get born again, you give your life to Jesus Christ. And in the giving of your life, the debt that you have incurred is zeroed. But when you seek the presence of God, you are filled with the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of your life fills you to live it in abundance. Now, I I need you to see this, that there are these two steps. See, I brought these cards because I just need you to understand. Um, James and Chaz, I wonder if I can borrow you for a minute. If you can come up on stage. Uh, Chaz, um, um, you're going to be the sinner. Dress like it. Yeah, like the Fonz. He's the rocker. He's living a, a, a terrible life. And, and James is the father. And uh, very righteous. And uh, so uh, we're going to assume... I, I, I didn't bring any money with me. Um, it's, it's, um, so uh, we're going to assume this is money. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay, so each of these are worth um, uh, £20, right? So um, we're going to assume that... Um, Here we go. Here's 20 pounds. Now, we're going to assume that Chaz's life is worth 100 pounds, right? And James here has given Chaz a life worth 100 pounds, right? So you give Chaz life. Here we go. Now, Chaz has this life of 100 pounds, but Chaz has been rather... He's lived a rock and roll lifestyle, okay? And he's been very frivolous with his his 100 pounds and his... Flitted it away. It's flitted. Here we go. Flit it a bit more than that. That's not very rock and roll. That's, that's more rock and roll. And a little bit more rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, so his £100 has been flitted away. That means that he can't give back what has been given. And this means that his relationship 
with James. Chaz's relationship with James is um, tenuous at best. <laughs> and James is a little ticked. He's given him a great gift, no return, right? So, their relationship... So, um, I come along <laughs> as Jesus. And I come and I say, Chaz, look, I'm going to give you the £100 that you need to pay the debt. All right? So I'm going to give you this, and you can give this. We can come together, and with me, you can give this to the father, and the debt is now paid. Now, now James and Chaz are now in perfect relationship with each other because he's been satisfied. The gift has been returned, all right? The payment of life has been given to him. The debt's paid, and so... They're now in their, their okay relationship. They're, they're buddies. They're arm in arm. Here we go. This is buddies. Now, now here's, here's the thing, right? How much does Chaz now have? How much does he have? He doesn't have anything. He never did have anything. He had a hundred pounds, but it wasn't his. He, he flitted it away, and then he couldn't buy it back. Jesus comes along. Jesus comes along, gives him and gives it back, but he still doesn't have anything. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, he puts you on the right road. But to get to your destination, you need the abundance of the Holy Spirit. And the abundance of the Holy Spirit is the down payment that Cheryl spoke about last week. The guarantee of the fullness of life. When you have, you have, and you can keep hold of it. This is the, you have to give this back to the Father. You can tithe it if you like. But, uh, yeah. Back to me. And uh, you, can, you can tithe it. Whoa, I nearly fell. And uh, Jesus ne- never nearly fell. I just need you to understand. That. So, we, uh, you can, now, now you have an abundance to live. Yeah. You want to live your life. In the fullness of God, you cannot live it without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You give them a round of applause. And, uh... You see, in Romans chapter 5, it says, For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more. You see, much more means that Having been saved, the gift of the Holy Spirit is much more than the reconciliation of what Christ has done. We, we, we have rightfully magnified what Christ did on the cross. Rightfully magnified it. But unfortunately, in the magnifying of it, we've decided to diminish the work of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says much more. Not a little bit more, a little bit less. You got saved. That's the great miracle. If you want, you can have a bit of the Holy Spirit. Much more. Having been saved, much more. Having been saved, much more. Having been reconciled, we be shall we be saved by his life. Now we're gonna I want you to understand this because 
The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This is a partnership of the Holy Spirit. See, we went from being in a difficult relationship with God, separated by the actions of our own life, and now having debt paid, much more now we are saved. So being saved is not about being born again. Being saved is about the life of the Holy Spirit. We're going to understand that to live a life, we've got to live it fulfilled. We've got to understand that the Holy Spirit needs you to see that there is a work far greater than you could possibly imagine. We've got to start understanding that we have been called to live in a fullness where sickness has no place, where debt is removed, where death is broken, where despair has been, uh, has been removed. And we see that the kingdom of God begins to advance on those filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what has happened with the church is that we have diminished the work of the church or the work of the Holy Spirit to an experience. And the problem is, is not understanding that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the experience is only a tiny bit of the purpose. I, I, how many people like oranges? I think most people like oranges. I don't know whether I've ever met anyone who doesn't like an orange, right? Oranges are just they, they, the lovely thing. We eat a lot of fruit. We discovered, I just went, I went to Tesco's yesterday, did some shopping. I buy. This is what I buy. It will last me four to five days. Last how? Four to five days. I buy four bags of pears, four bags of apples, Four bags of oranges, three kilograms of bananas, five days, right? We spend most of our time in the loo. Now, listen, no. (laughs) We eat a lot of fruit, right? Which is because there's a big fruit bowl. It sits on the dining room table, and every time someone goes past, they go... (laughs) And before they've left the kitchen, it's already been consumed. And I like oranges, and I like eating oranges. They, they just, they're juicy, they're full of life in there. They, they taste of summer, don't they? And they, I remember once sitting with, with uh, I think it was Joseph, we were sitting um, with, uh, when we lived in Bridgerton, and we had these great big oranges, and we sliced them up, and we go, and as we're eating them, we just slice them in slices and, and peeling them as we were eating them. And then, and then getting the pips out and trying to, and trying to flick the pips into everybody else's garden. And we, uh, and we just lived in this cul-de-sac with our gardens backing onto other people's. And we were flipping them, seeing if we can get them on people's garage roofs. And, and we, there's something just so much life there. An amazing experience of eating oranges. <laughs> <laughs> the experience of dribble coming down your face. And, but here's the thing, right? Oranges, 
I was just looking up what oranges are good for, apart from vitamin C. Oranges contain phytochemicals which protect against cancer. Oranges lower cholesterol, they're rich in potassium, they boost heart health, and they lower the risk of disease because of vitamin, uh, because of their abundance of vitamin C. They have a whole range of other health benefits as well, for which I could not be bothered to copy and paste, right? (laughs) Now, the experience of eating an orange is wonderful. The purpose of eating an orange is far more powerful. It's far more purposeful. The reason we eat oranges is not just because the experience. If we had, look, Eating a McDonald's can be a great experience, but you don't walk away going, I've got to do that again. You walk away going, I should never do that again. (laughs) You know at some point you might, right? When you've spent long enough forgetting what it was like to go back and go, all right, one more. (laughs) But you know you've removed five minutes from your life expectancy. (laughs) so you just kind of but oranges is a different experience you eat them and you know they're wonderful but you know what else they're doing is they're giving you energy they're giving you strength they're protecting your health you need the Holy Spirit his experience is wonderful the purpose is why you receive him for we've been called to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit so how is it That when you are saved, you live a life that isn't filled with that purpose. What's going on with our lives? But you see, we've got to understand that in believing, you see, your believing changes where you live. Right? Your believing changes where you live. But your hungering changes how you live. When you believe, the Bible says, believe and you shall be saved. When I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in him and I'm saved. Believing changes where I live. But how I live is changed what I hunger for. See, the Bible says in in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, it says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, the children of Israel, they believed in the word of God to leave Egypt. But they didn't hunger enough for his presence to enter the promised land. They changed where they lived, but it didn't change how they lived. You can change where you live, changed where you live. But we've got to change how we live. And that empowers what Christ has done for us. He's paid the debt. Let's stop living like debtors. Come on, how many times are you living like a debtor? How many times are you living like a broken person? How many times are you living... In a place where you're trying to, God, will you save me again? God, will you save me again? It's time to get above and beyond and live in the authority for which you are saved. Now, I need you to see this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. 
But Jesus answered and said, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I need you to understand something about this statement of fulfilling all righteousness. You can't fulfill all righteousness without being all filled by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you that in scripture a little bit later as well. Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. For then... He allowed him. When he baptized him, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he was filled for purpose of power. He was filled for the purpose of power and authority. The experience of coming up out of the water and the dove coming upon him would have been, it was one of those moments that is recorded in history and it is like those moments I've heard many people speak of the time they were filled with the Spirit and they go back to that moment and describe it. But that wasn't the purpose for why you were filled so that you could talk about the day it happened to you. What you need to understand is that Jesus was filled for power. We're going to read on. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned. This is after 40 days and nights in the, in the, in the desert um, dealing with the enemy. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. I need you to understand. There is, should come out of your heart a hunger for righteousness. What is the hunger for righteousness? It is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. As you hunger for him. Jesus came to John hungry to fulfill the righteousness of God upon his life. He goes down into the water and comes up again. You need to understand that baptism is a point of transformational change in your life. It changes the direction. It changes who you are. It changes um, the, the power of in which you, you're working in. And we've got to understand that we've been filled for this, uh, this purpose and this power. If I wanted to go down to Brighton... I wanted to go down, I could choose any mode of transport. And I would still get there, right? If I was to, if say, the narrow way to the kingdom of God is the route between Aberdeen and Brighton. They said, well, just say that because it's a road that we have all travelled many times. And... We would leave here down on the A90, we'd get up onto the A90, we'd go down onto the uh, M90, then it goes onto the, um, I'm trying to remember now, A80, M80, somewhere in those sequences, and then it goes onto the M73, uh, and then the M74, the M6, we'll go down the M6 with Peckholt, um, go, go around Brighton, on, uh, go around Birmingham, uh, pick up the M40, drive down to the M20. Um, five round the M25, pick up the M23, down onto the A23. <laughs> Have I lost you? Okay, down to the A23, A- 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 and I'm in, I'm in the centre of Brighton, and I've arrived at my destination. Now, if I did that in a 50cc moped that's 20 years old, I would make it, but only just, right? 
And along the road, the chances are I might break down a few times. But God has ordained a Range Rover, right? A four-liter Range Rover. You can choose. It's like you can't have a BMW, by the way. It's, a, it's X5. They're rubbish, right? God only ordains Range Rovers. So <laughs> you can trade in. You, you're on the right road. You're on the road. I mean, you're on the road. You're going to get into the place of glory. It's how you get there that God is interested in. He's got you on the road. You're going to get there eventually, even if you walk. <laughs> even if the wheels fall off the wretched moped that is sputtering and pluttering and just dying on you, coughing its way down the road, eventually you'll get there. But you weren't ordained to stumble into the kingdom of God. You were ordained to enter with great victory and power. See, see, a Range Rover will, will get you, it will pick you up. A Range Rover these days knows not only where you're going, but what music you enjoy listening to on the way. It will choose the radio station. And not only that, it also understands the guests you have picked up and those 50cc mopeds that stopped at the motorway. And you saw them coughing and spluttering and said, hey, do you want to dump the moped and join me and go down the motorway? We can do this together if you prefer. And they join you on the road on the way down to Brighton. And instead of coughing and spluttering, the, the, the Range Rover knows what they like listening to and adjusts the radio station automatically for you. It will also forewarn you of any hindrances along the way and suggest some bypasses or things that you can do to get around those hindrances. That is the quality of the car. You need to understand that the Holy Spirit is your Range Rover and he is the one who's taking you on that journey to get to the end. But the difference difference being when you arrive, you've arrived fresh, you've arrived full of energy and you've enabled any number of people along the way to be picked up. How many can you carry on the back of a 50cc that can barely carry itself? You're barely going to make it on your own. But we've been ordained to bring a city and a nation into the kingdom of God. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to come in with great power and strength and energy on the way. Is to come alive. Is to bring hope back into a person's life. Ever sat in a luxury car and gone, sat there, you sit down inside of it, you look around, you're looking at the price tag, hundred, the, the latest Range Rover, top of the range, £110,000. Most people here would cough over that. As of yet, the Lord has not enabled me to have a Range Rover. <laughs> but I'm still believing. <laughs> I'm still believing. £110,000. When you sit in a £110,000 car, you sit in and you go, I don't see why I shouldn't have this. <laughs> I, I believe. <laughs> this, this is extraordinary. <laughs> why is it only the Freemasons have them? Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Come on, Jesus, come on. Redeem this car now in your mighty name. 
You've got to understand that God has ordained you to live a life that is greater than the life that you were thought you were living in. Now, listen to this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. Romans 8 verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Where's those cards, Chaz? Those cards. See, see, if Christ who raised from the dead dwells in you, so the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead... So the spirit of God, the spirit of more, excuse me, the spirit of more is poured out upon your life. The spirit of righteousness. You are asking for a righteousness to be ordained across this nation. You want to see those things which are wrong made right. Where is the power to make right unless righteousness is ordained within your life? It is pouring out in you, from you. You've got to understand that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you fulfill all right. You are enabled to move in righteousness, which is to turn the work of wickedness around into righteous things. That means that when you walk up to sickness, it has to leave. It means that when you walk into a place of destruction, it has to be restored. It means that where there has been brokenness and lies, there comes truth and there comes light. We need to understand that the righteousness of the church is arising with the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you one more scripture to end because I couldn't, I just was so filled with all these scriptures. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. When they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the experience. And then they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's the purpose. They were filled. The place was shaken. We had a time in Cromedy House. It was such a time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that Ashley began. He was phoned as he said, he said, it's like God is moving through the place. And as, he, as he's on the phone to us, the, literally the whole building shook. Like, a, like an earthquake, it shook. And we stopped. And, what was that? The power of God shook. That was the experience. What was the purpose? To establish a church that raised up men and women with the hope of who they're called to be. To see the light of the gospel transform a city. Verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. Remember, they all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is now the purpose. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had, thing, but they had all things in common and with great power. The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. We need the Holy Spirit, church. We need to hunger for his presence and hunger for a freshness of his life upon us. We need to understand that God has got more for this church. He's got more 
for the kingdom of God. He's got more. This church is a prophetic voice in the city. It's a prophetic voice in this nation. It's a church that brings restoration. It's a church that brings hope and fullness. It's a church that raises up. It's a church that refuses to hear that you can't do this. We will buy buildings worth millions. We will buy buildings worth millions. We will see houses, streets of houses purchased for those who are unable for themselves. We will see people's lives trained and raised and teaching them how to take hold of their own lives again, restored and hope. We will see miracles, healing power. We will see. We will have place where people can always come in prayer. Always come and receive prayer, healing, restoration. A house of healing where there is always someone to come into agreement and break the spirit of doubt and speak the word of faith. Let me understand that when we minister, we minister in the word of faith. But over ourselves, we minister the word of God. There is a difference. The word of faith is the gift of the Spirit for others. The word of God is the scripture which is spoken for you. You apply a word of faith over those who don't have faith. They don't know how to access the word of God. You're applying the word of faith, the word of God by faith to them. The word of God is taken for yourself. Holy Spirit needs you to see and understand. We need more of him. Amen. Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.